Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, this is Billy Sands. So I want to spice up my barbecue. I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions broadcast show. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who have never dropped a Matthew Stafford pass. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 217 and 218 all in one. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How you doing, my man? Chris, I am fantastic. I, I'm, I'm still feeling the high after I got on the news this week. Uh, really? Was it live PD? Uh, well, okay. I didn't know they were in Fargo. That's cool. Okay. Anyway, got a lot of stuff going on. We're, we're finally starting to catch up after the, the big party and training camp stuff we had going on. Um, big thanks to our party people coming up. Uh, we're going to break down the first Lions preseason game, and we're going to tell you what to look for in game two. We got that and a whole lot more lined up for the show. Case, are you ready to go, my man? I'm ready to roll, Chris, but I keep hearing from people I need to work on my handshake technique. Oh, you had it down when we were together. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, a couple of quick announcements. First, check us out. Help us out on the Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from Guam. Of course, our very first donor, Mathis, and Brian B. from I Prevail, who is rocking hey, on Hey, I'm going to check them out, aren't I? Yes, you are. October 29th. I think I'm going to see him in Ipsy on uh, the 16th of November. But as we record this, literally, I just got the, the text from Riz saying Brian B. is the man. He is meeting him right <laughs> now in Grand Rapids. I was supposed to be there. Cool. I couldn't very cool. From work. Uh, anyway, how do we know Brian? Because he's fucking awesome. That's how. And also, they uh, he's he's one of our Patreon supporters. We've got a lot of great people supporting the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Uh, Jim Young was one of them. It, it, the thing that why I bring up Jim is because he talked about the Slack chat uh, while this this first preseason game was on. And, you know, everywhere you look, Facebook, even the, the Reddit thread, people were... It, it was like the house was on fire and the cat was getting thrown out the window to try to do whatever. Um he said, you know what, this is my first season in the Slack chat, and oh my god, it is so great. Thank you guys for being seen. It is the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. I'll tell you straight up, you get access by joining the Patreon crew and supporting the show. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Uh, as little as a dollar a month donation gets you in the Slack chat and uh, lets you take part in, in, again, the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Am I, am I wrong, Case? I, uh, once again, as I've said, the bar is pretty low, but uh, I think we, I think we meet it. So <laughs> where the bar is low, we can overcome for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast, Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast, and on the Twitter beast at DET Lions Podcast, at DET Lions Podcast, the very best place to see case with no pants 
on. Damn straight, my brother. Also on YouTube, YouTube is going nuts. We've got all kinds of stuff out there. We're putting more stuff out there now. Uh, check it out, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. We've got, we'll talk about Case being on the news, and it wasn't live PD. Um, we've got the great video we did with Blandino out there now. We've got all our shows going. You can see Dean Blandino get interviewed by Dan Miller from our party. A lot of really great stuff. We're going to continue putting great stuff out there. Uh, make sure you go check it out. It's a it's a great way to watch the show and some of the other shenanigans that go on. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Don't forget to rate us. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you find us. Let people know. Give them the five-star brand right there on the buns. Let them know that we are your favorite show and uh, and help others find this show. That's a great way to get us up there in the in the rankings so people can find us. If you have some constructive criticism or any con- you know criticism, really, go ahead and hit us up in the subreddit. We are anxious to listen to you and make changes and, and adjust the show to to your tastes and your desires, which is what we like to do. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or give us a ringle on the Lions line at nine two nine three three Lions. It's 929-335-4667. Leave us a message. You get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And Case, I I, I think we would be remiss if we didn't start this show out uh, handing out huge thank yous to everybody in Detroit. I mean, from start to finish, right? It was an amazing Absolutely. time. Start, I mean, picked you up. Where do we go first? The Good Time Party Store? Which was awesome. I sent Snapchats of their beer selection to my beer nerd friends, and they were very impressed. Yeah, yeah, it was good stuff down in Northfield. Check them out. They had a lot of good stuff there. Um, also, we got, we have to, you know, he's, he's such a great guy. He's, he's, you know, I love you all, but he's one of my favorite people that I've met since we started doing the Sandman. Yeah. Set us up with a private tour of Ford Field Friday before the scrimmage. How awesome was that? Case you got it was trip amazing to Mecca, right? for me, man. It was just it was it, like my my pilgrimage to Mecca, you know. <laughs> got to see the locker room, right? I mean, think about yeah. it. The first time this guy sees Ford Field, the first time he goes there, he shows up, he's down on the field, he gets to go do a locker room tour. I mean, it took me till I was like I don't know, old before I got my first shot, right? I mean, good deal for you, man. That was awesome. I, I, I yeah, wanted was. one of the things I want to do is make sure you had a good time and got to see a lot of good experiences. I very much so did. I hope it, it worked great out. Great food, great beer, great oh, times. Yeah. Football. What, what a city, right? I mean, Detroit is just, I mean, yeah. it's so underrated by so many people talk it down. Very much. You see it. I mean, it's such a great place. Also, got to say thanks to, to Colin, who uh, was our St. Jude uh, dinner with Chris Case, Salmon, and Riz winner. Uh, what a great guy. Awesome dude. Uh, came out to dinner, had a great time. He then came to the party, brought his fiance with him, and yep. um, gorgeous girl sat around with a bunch of football nerds that were drinking too much and, and didn't, like, and it was a total sausage party, right? It. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and very elegantly sat there and put up with it. I mean, that's, yep. keep that ring on there. She's a keeper, Colin. Great, great work, man. Um, God, Ken, who worked the door for us, he's he he was our referee. Oh, he was huge for me that day, and I feel like I I didn't I I, I thanked him a couple times, but I'm not sure I really like expressed exactly how grateful I was that he was there. He, he was, I mean, from day one before we started the video shoot. I mean, the referee stuff. Then we're there this week working at the party and everything. He's just he's been amazing. Just because you and I's brains were like. Like elsewhere entirely. So to have him able to take on that, you know, task force was huge. Yeah, 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 totally. 
He was he was killer start to finish. He's he's the same guy. Remember when I talked about the the Thanksgiving game last year where I got mm-hmm. snuck into the line? He's the guy that snuck me into the line. Me and my mom and the family. It's like he's just he's always right there. We need him. Awesome dude. Thank you so much, Ken. Got to thank Dean Blandino. Flew out. I mean, we didn't fly him. He did it on his own dime. He's totally there. One of the announcements at the party. Uh, just so everybody knows, Dean is going to do. A, he's going to look at the top three most controversial calls every week from the Lions game. He's going to put together a video for our YouTube channel. Again, we talk about what's going on there. Dean frickin' Blandino, rules analyst, former VP of officiating, is creating content for our YouTube channel. Just think about what that is. Okay? Just just yeah. stew on that for a minute, guys. Um, also, Dan Miller. What? Right? So That was huge for me. A couple people, a bunch huge. of people came to the party after the Family Fest. And Rocket Man Dan was the first one to show up. He, I, I, the only thing I we're think sitting of- there doing the podcast, and and there's this dude standing there, and I don't, I, you know, like I've heard, I, I would know his voice anywhere, but right. I, I wouldn't have necessarily been able to pick him out of a crowd. So I see him standing there, and I, I think that like, and actually, I mean, he wasn't the only like dude in his. 40s 50s 60s whatever who is there which is awesome i love that you guys uh, you know i love that this isn't just a show for you know you think podcast you think people in their 20s whatever i love that we have a broader you know audience than that um, our numbers are crazy man it's such it's not old it doesn't skew old or young it's just this wide right sweat. which is awesome. So awesome but but he's standing there and he and, and like he wasn't there the rest of the night so i hadn't gotten a chance like i hadn't introduced myself or anything so i, I was you know it piqued my interest that he's standing there and then you <laughs> <laughs> were like oh hey uh we have to introduce somebody Oh, Dan's there. So think about this. And, and this is what I meant. He, he, Ford Field family night ends. A bunch of people come to the party. Dan is the first one of all of those people to get there. So he's he's got all the stuff he's got to do as part of, you know, working the event. Mm-hmm. And, and the only thing I can think of, you remember Pulp Fiction, The Wolf? Mm-hmm. It's a 30-minute drive. I'll be there in 10, right? <laughs> I swear to God, that's how I got there. And then the whole time, and, and you can, you know, it's on it's on the video on YouTube, he talks about it. I mean, he, he he likes the podcast. He listens. He loves what we do. He's just such a really cool, gracious guy that is not just in his like professional world. He he looks in a really broad spectrum of what's going out there. Really cool dude. So gracious. Great conversation with him behind the scenes. And then um, yeah, absolutely. It, it was so awesome to be able to have him do the interview with the audience questions of Dean. And as a matter of fact, we're <laughs> going to put that at the end of this show. It's on the video on the YouTube. So I, I really recommend you go see that and, and, and watch it because the video adds so much more to it. But we're going to put the audio on as an add on at the end of the show, which is how we're kind of getting why we're the two episodes. Calling right? it right. Two, two episodes. Two 18, yeah. Um, so that piece of it will be there. Uh, also, the part where we we have Dean and Riz and everything else is on the YouTube as well. But Dan is just such a professional. He's so awesome. Um, really, really cool. Uh, so anyway, yeah, check that out. Thanks to big thanks to Dan. Also, the folks at, at, at training camp, I had something happen that's was really, really weird to me. And you know, you and I both aren't really good at how, how to deal with this stuff. But um, I was sitting in the stands and uh, I was talking to um, Kent Platt. We're sitting there. We it's like a yearly tradition where we kind of tweet together and we kind of like uh, we work together as, as putting tweets together, help each other voice tweets as we're as we're and, and recognize things in the field. And uh, it's just such, I really, really enjoy that time with Kent. Kent's such a cool guy. Um, but then someone turns around and says, hey, Chris, like like four rows in front. And this is when you had the credential when you were up at the media stands. I was like, yeah. He goes, you're Chris from the podcast, right? I'm like, yeah, and it's a dad, right? It's a dad. He's like, um, 
just like a normal like suburban dad with his two kids, beautiful kids, right sitting there. He goes, I love the show, man. I listen to you guys all the time. I'm like, thanks. Like, I was like, wow, man. This is like, it was like, it just stunned me, right? And um, I'm like, how'd you, how'd you know? He's like, well, you got a distinctive voice, right? I'm like, I, I didn't know that. Well, thanks. That's that's really, really kind. It was blew me away, right? That somebody recognized me from from the voice. And then like two rows in front of him, guy to hey, Chris. <laughs> like, hey, he goes, I love the show too, right? And I'm like, is my voice really that distinctive? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> we walk around like it looks like some weirdo. Like everyone's like, oh god. But uh, anyway, no, it was cool. All the people that said hi, Mona came by. She said hi, sat with us for a bit. I wish I could have talked more more legal stuff with her because she's got a brilliant legal mind. But um, just a bunch of really really cool people saying hi, hanging out. It was really really awesome. Mark stopped by on the first day. I got to hang with him for the for the whole camp. Just everybody. I mean, the whole Detroit experience. I, I really hate. When I go home, I miss it, right? I love coming yep. home to my family. I love you. You love your house, but but uh, leaving Detroit's always hard. It's such an awesome place. Um, also, got to say thanks to Morgan. He hit me up. I will see you this fall, buddy. Do not do not despair. We will we will get into we'll get together and make all that happen too. So at that and everybody else, I can't. I'm probably missing like 40, 50, 60 people here when I'm when I'm doing this. So if you, we if love I, you all, yeah. It's if I didn't mention you, I just want to say thanks. It was my, great meeting like Mathis and you know all all these people who who whose names I know, you know, uh, based on their name, but not like yeah. face. So start to finish. The experience was amazing. Other than the part where I janked up my knee, hauling the equipment back down <laughs> after, the, after the thing. And I couldn't go to the last day of practice, but other than that, it was great. So anyway, with all that being said, right, it was a big week. We, we, it was non freaking stop. I didn't get more than four and a half hours of sleep any day. During that whole time, it was crazy getting everything done, getting the coverage, getting the shows together, and all the other events we had. Wouldn't give it up for the world, but it took us a little bit to get back on after we got back home. Had to catch up with a regular day job and all that stuff. So we're doing this show now. We will be back on track. Next Tuesday, we're back on with a normal group of our shows. (laughs) We're talking about doing a post-game show after the third preseason game, the most important game. After the fourth preseason game, I'm going to be in India that week. We're going to try to figure out if we can put something together. Not sure how that's all going to work just yet. We'll be working on that. Uh, and again, we're going to go back to local Lions fans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Different kind of Lions, right? <laughs> um, Bengals fans out, <laughs> out somewhere else. Um, so anyway, yeah. And then once the season starts, boom, we're doing our post game show every game except Thanksgiving. Uh, I think the rest of the games are at, at, at good times that we can do them. So you can expect a, oh, the Packers game is an 8.15 p.m. And I'm hoping, Other as, as we talked about earlier, I'm hoping that I'll be able to join for more post games than I was this last year. I know I think I maybe only made it to one or two this last year um, because I, you know, I, 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 gone through the divorce. I just moved back to Fargo. I had a new job. Um, things were just, I, I, I didn't have a lot of control over my own schedule. I have a little bit more now. So hopefully I'll be able to get there at least for, I don't know, three, four five at least yeah. so that I can, you know, yeah, absolutely. Wallow in misery with everyone else. Oh, we'll be so <laughs> We'll talk about that shortly. <laughs> so anyway, there is big thank you to everybody and, and a little bit of a look at the schedule ahead. We're, we are back in the saddle. Um, and, and we're getting to get back to the regular thing for you folks. Again, it'll all be available on YouTube as well. Love the downloads. Someone asked me about this. Love the downloads in the podcast. So if you keep downloading it, that's the long-term best bet for us to help us out. Um, but the stuff you watch on the YouTube is the the short-term, short-term push to help us build out that long-term piece as well. So if you download all the podcasts and you're a YouTube person, you like to watch it there instead, do both. Do that. That's that's great. That's super huge help for us. We appreciate it. So, all right, move on. We did. Have, we we alluded to this in the opener. Um, <laughs> with all this happening, this knucklehead case winds up deep 
deep in the bowels of Minnesota territory, or at least the bowels, and uh, he in Fargo, <laughs> the bowels of Fargo. <laughs> um, the knucklehead winds up on TV on the Fox affiliate and, and, and talking about the Lions and evangelizing for those who didn't have a football team about how great the Lions are. Case ex, ex, Okay, there's a couple things to explain. First, tell us how the hell you got on this thing and well, what's going on. What, what, how, how did anyone say, let's put Case on TV and talk about the Lions in Fargo? This is a great idea. <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean, first of all, uh, Adam Benjamin, a uh, friend of mine, uh, Ladwig, excuse me, Adam Ladwig, um, works for the local. He, he's an anchor for them, uh, does, you know, every day their morning show. So um, great guy. Uh, met him, uh, I want to say like five years ago, back when I was still living out in New Rockford, North Dakota. He came out there to do a story about something, met my ex-wife. Um, they became friends and then I became friends with him. And, and he's a, he's just a really great guy. Um, I'm, I'm very happy to know him. He's a diehard Broncos fan. So um, even after I moved back to Fargo, uh, we had an opportunity a couple of times to go out and watch uh, games at a, at a local sports bar together, things like that. Um, so he's a wonderful dude, wonderful, wonderful person. Um, and when I saw on Facebook, you know, me posting all this stuff about my trip to Detroit and he said, well, Hey, there's a, there's a story in that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you get on and then let's talk about this. So this is your friend. You figure you guys would know each other and have your routine now. <laughs> start off the top you can't even shake the man's hand with any kind you left the man hanging what's going on here <laughs> well i hey, looked you, at you him. put me on tv let me fucking insult you right off the top <laughs> for, first of all like okay so Dan i'm, I'm never told gonna told insult to, you i'm just telling you now after that fucking show. Uh, i'm i'm being told <laughs> by them you know the, the people at the studio you know don't look don't try to look at the camera because you don't know which camera is going to be on just look at adam so i'm looking at adam and adam reaches his hand out as a gest in in a gesture and and i really did think for like half a second that he was trying to shake my hand but then he immediately pulled it back <laughs> so i was like i i almost went for it which is why it looks so awkward like i almost went to reach for his hand but i was like he pulled it back and i was like well i'm not gonna make it weird now <laughs> it's gonna be weird enough I talked to him. I talked to him afterwards and I read the situation correctly. He was not trying to shake my hand. That is a move that he does. And he said, man, I should probably not do that anymore. <laughs> he put people off for the first three minutes. That's so, when he hit him with the hard questions. All the things I shook his hand. Are you still beating your wife? <laughs> so, no, I read the situation correctly. I'm glad that I didn't make it any awkward, more awkward than it already was. That that I like thought that I that I almost went for a handshake and leaned back because it, it would have been yeah. So again, He's check a, out no, the YouTube channel. Absolutely, 100 confirmed that that was not a missed handshake. That was a gesture by him that he should probably uh, reconsider. If you ever so. thought that redditors were not awkward, you can get the proof in the pudding that they are on our YouTube channel, <laughs> Case on TV. Check it out, YouTube.com/slash Detroit Lions Podcast. All right, good stuff. Great to see you on TV, man. It's it's crazy how it was a lot of fun. It really was. This is really in this in the short near term, things have just gone off the hook for us, haven't they? Just been crazy. Yes, absolutely. All right, let's get into it. Lions' first preseason game. People's expectations were high, and boy, the Lions did not disappoint. A big thirty-one to three game in the in the Ford Field against the Patriots. Um, unfortunately, 
that three was scored by a second string punter. <laughs> Santosa watch that three's on me, baby. Um, mm. That was not how we wanted to start the season uh, or preseason. Was it case? <laughs> Should we pack it in? Is it over? Do we want to look to 2020 now? Yeah, probably. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you, you'd much rather see your guys physically dominating the other team. So, I mean, there's no, I'm not, I'm not here to suggest that like, it was a good look that, you know, for, for most of the guys out there. I really want to see him dominate the other team. That's I, I had, I'm going to take a note on that one. Actually, that's yeah. One, in your, in your new two, lines, no pads. Yeah. Hey, let me know um, if you guys want one. There we go. There we go. Yep. Looks good. But uh, the level of the reaction to me, the first preseason game. And I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I've probably said this every year that we've been on the air is the most meaningless thing you can watch in terms of whether they win or lose, what the final score is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there are, there are certain back. things, there are certain, well, and I love that football's back and I, I will watch the shit out of it. So like, don't get me wrong, but if you want to extrapolate what happened this week into what will happen the regular season, you're getting way ahead of yourself. What you should, the, the context you should put it in. Twenty already, if that's what you want to do. <laughs> in my opinion, in my humble opinion, yeah, humble. This is a good place to set a bar, and then watch what happens over the next few weeks. Watch where they're able to improve on this, and then you could say, okay, things are moving in the right direction. As opposed to looking at this and saying, well, shit, if if uh, we have to ever play any of our second string offense linemen, we're going to get into them. Stafford is... If we ever had to play all five dead. of them, we're fucked. Literally dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> if we had to play all five of them, he just might be. Right. <laughs> but I don't see that case being the case. Um, no, and, and that's exactly right. I mean, the first preseason game is... is look, as much fool's gold as the first regular season game also you right. think about it this this may wind up being a good thing for the team because as practices went on here ahead of this game there was a little bit of a malaise that camp malaise that was starting mm-hmm. to hit and and coach was getting pissed there was he was you know when we were there earlier in the camp there wasn't as much of the the coach patricia the matt pad outburst right he was it was good people were grinding they were doing the thing but as camps are wearing on and it, the word is coach started getting angrier yelling more getting getting into guys faces for not performing and and i think i think that's a natural part of this of of players going through this process of camp and getting ready for season this game just might be an excellent kick in the tail for some guys who need it uh for a team who maybe was just sitting back a little saying ah, it's just camp um, this kind of a humiliation, this, this will hurt you, right? When the guy that's not going to make the team is the only guy that scored any points uh, and he, he did it playing out of position, which I'll tell you that field goal wasn't an easy one, but this is what sold me on, <laughs> you know, on Santoso before Martin wasn't kicking well. He, and, and he was still hurt. It seemed like Santoso was punting like a madman, but he could put it between the uprights and he could back up Prater. That's what I loved about Santoso. And you saw it. He, he nailed that, that kick like it was nothing. So. Um, there's a place in the NFL for that guy. I hope he makes it. We, 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 you know, we talked to Casey Redford and we've talked to all kinds of, all kinds of kickers. We have this kicker's corner for some reason here, but, uh, 
he's he's a guy that I I really can't believe hasn't hasn't stuck already. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was um, that. Anything else about the game you want to talk about? Well, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll get into several like minutia as as far as specific players too, because I mean, that's, that's where the value in this game lies is in the, you know, specific player evaluations, how they did versus this, how they did versus that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, there isn't, I'm not, I'm not suggesting there's nothing to glean from this game. I'm just suggesting that the ultimate outcome, the score, uh, things like that. That's just not, not that real. important. It's not real, right? It's like it's it like, sucks to lose. It always sucks to lose. But, I hate I, I hate it when they lose too. But if you treat this game like this was the Jets game last year, and that like you're ready to you know throw in the yeah. towel because they lost they because they got dominated in the, in a in preseason week one. Ooh boy! Well, but here's the deal: it's not real, right? It's 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 just really it's a fantasy. It's, yeah. Speaking of fantasy, <laughs> see what I did there? Mm, segue, 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 segue. We've segue, got segue. the best fantasy football league you'll ever get involved with. Why? Because it's our annual fundraiser. Help support the show, and you have a blast and can win some dough. How do you do it? I gave this link before last last show, and I was wrong. But go to fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. Fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. You can get in there. All the different fantasy leagues. There's no IDP this year. None of that defensive player stuff. We have a beginner, intermediate, champions league. Um, half the pot comes to the to us. Half the pot goes to the winners of the of the thing. There's also shirts. We've quadrupled the prizes this year over other years. We've made the fantasy setup a lot more fun for everyone to play. We've also got some pick'em leagues. There's a big pool pick'em league and a small pool pick'em league. Uh, set of leagues. Try your hand against me, the pick'em master. That's yeah. He's he's the master picker. Um, you can pick your friends and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friend's nose. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just not going <laughs> to. I thought my segues were bad. You're, you're <laughs> Stick to the opening joke, my friend. <laughs> so, yeah, all, all kinds of great stuff. And, again, it's a it's a fundraiser. It's a yearly fundraiser for the show. The one way that we raise money for us other than the you know the other affiliate stuff we do, this is the one that really keeps the servers on, the lights on. Again, quadrupled the prizes. You can win shirts. You can win merchandise. You can win straight up cash. And uh, it's a great way to go. Fantasy.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Hook it up. Get your fantasy team going and have a lot of fun with us. We'll, you'll play against us. Riz is going to be in there. Case, myself, a uh, whole bunch of people. Uh, join us and have some fun. All right, let's get into this, this Lions game now. First preseason game. It is a fantasy. And when you're talking about fantasies, you want to talk about who to start, who, does, who not to start. And... Um, Let's talk about who didn't start this game, right? Because in a, in it, look, even though it's a fantasy kind of situation with this game, a thirty-one to three score is a tough, tough number to swallow. It's not fun. No, it's not fun. It's hard to swallow that number. But let's talk about what happened here. Stafford didn't start. Carryon nope. didn't start. Nope. Marvin Jones didn't start. No. Nope. Kenny Galladay didn't start. Nope. So right off the top. Your top four players in offense weren't there. <laughs> okay. Uh, Devon Kennard didn't start. Um, nope. Jared Davis didn't start. Nope. They, they seem to be a little bit important on defense. Damon <laughs> Harrison Did didn't you? start. Yeah. Sean Hand didn't start. Ashawn Robinson didn't start. Did you hear about a guy named Quandry Diggs? I don't know if you you know the name. Some people say it's Quandry. And Diggs. <laughs> Quandry Diggs didn't start. Um, and then even beyond that, the offensive line, the starting offensive line, and we will go into this more later. They only played a single series. So, guys, mm-hmm. 
let's let's not freak out about this number, this score. None of the real players for this team, none of the people that are absolutely 100% going to be on the roster in week one, were on the field. I've made the joke several times on this podcast in the past, but um, the whole thing, I always love Chase Daniels uh, as a quarterback just because his name told everybody what to do. Um, David Fails we'll get to uh, that. is, is, is we, getting yeah, we'll get to really, that. He is aptly named. We'll yeah, yeah, he is aptly. Yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you th- what's what's the takeaway from that? Look, the offensive line, we'll talk about the second hand line. If those five guys start for the team, again, just pack it in. Go watch the Red Wings. Is your season's over? Okay. Oh if, yeah. I mean, if we lose all five of our starters and we're starting entirely second string guys on the offensive line, Jesus, yeah. we we have a negative win total. We will probably destroy the <laughs> NFL for we, the next first team to have a negative five two years because every possible backup will be dead. Right. <laughs> we'll have picked up. We'll be starting high school guys. Right? It'll be a wreck. So so that's not going to happen. Period. Um, don't worry about it. Um, what we saw there and, and the, the idea that, oh, well, their backups against our backups, their backups are better. That means they have more. De- no, no, that's not true. So don't worry about it. Just kind of breathe deeply. Let it go. Um, you got to watch some football. That's the first real Lions football you've seen since the big blowout. And let's face it. We had that big shutout uh, is the last game against the Packers last year that the Lions played. Mm-hmm. Your expectations were probably pretty high. <laughs> Coming into this game. Don't worry about it. It's all good. We'll we'll see more. We'll have a lot of fun with it as we go on. Um, one of the things though that was a little bit concerning, um, right away Tom Savage went down. Yeah. And uh what was that? His second or third series? I think it was the third series, now that I'm kind of digging in on this in my brain. And uh he went down head to the to the ground. I saw it and this is hard, it's hard to judge on TV. Just like you you look at those guys and how big they are. And then I see him there, like a lot of them are just little guys. But um, <laughs> it, it didn't look like he hit that hard. I thought maybe he pinched his ear or something when he when he hit the ground, right? It just kind of the way the helmet pinched his ear and it hurt like hell. Uh, but no, it, it, we don't have official word on it. Haven't seen it yet, but it, it does, um, based on everything else, it does look like it could have been a concussion kind of situation. Um, our sideline medical staff from Detroit Lions podcast is uh, reporting, you know, no news from the team, nothing on the report yet, but it, it looks like it looks like the possibility is there. Um, really sucks because he had a he had a really bad concussion back when he was with the Texans mm-hmm. and uh, the multiple concussion. I mean, your your example, right? The damage that multiple concussions can do to somebody. And, <laughs> Very uh, true. And we we talked about this before the show, I'm but no, I I, I I I am someone who has had multiple concussions, and most of them when I was you know in my formative years. And uh, I you know I don't know, but I do wonder sometimes if if certain things that I have issues with, short term memory, whatever that kind of thing, are, aren't a result. But um, that's not really important. The point. The the only thing we know right now is that he left the game. We don't know any degree of severity on his injury. It um, could even not be a concussion, to be 100% fair. Oh, yeah, totally. You might, you might be even be right. Podcast. It might have just been like he, he hurt his ear, yeah. for the, all we know. The Detroit um, Lions podcast sideline medical staff is ass. Let's just be honest. They have no idea what they're probably doing. probably a concussion situation, but the severity is, you know, it, the severity of it, it, just because it's a concussion doesn't mean it's like a one size fits all type of thing. Uh, he could be, you know, back in action for game two. I mean, we, as soon as we know, you know, you'll know around the same time we do, but it, it just isn't, um, 
it would be nice if he was ready to go next week just because I don't think nobody wants to see valuable reps are being had during games by uh, receivers, especially especially guys who are now Jermaine Kearse injury significant here um which i think pushes travis fulgham up a little bit which uh, and, and you you yeah. can't evaluate these guys when you have if, somebody right when you have somebody like david fails throwing right them. and let's move to that again aptly name david fails some it's like <laughs> it's like somebody named al how the hell do people know that when they name their, their kid Al, he's going to be a big fella? Because it's never little Al. It's always big Al, right? It's always big fucking Al. How do parents know when they're born this little, hey, we'll name him Al because he's going to be big Al. It's just the thing. David fails. How do they know? How did they know that How that's going to be? Know he was gonna, yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> and that, I don't mean that, to that knock was, on the guy. pretty good precognition right there. We, but um, we, we talked about this a little bit during during camp. Um, you think about it. Here's David fails, and this is a great example because I don't want to. I don't want to hit on him as a person, right? And and he spent his life. He I in don't high have school. No idea who he is as a person. I've never in heard high school. You got a guy here who was probably the best in his conference, right? Was killing it at quarterback. Everyone knew who David Fails was, where he grew up. Like, holy cow, wow, this guy's gonna be good. Then he goes off to college, and he's probably because he's, we we've heard of him because he's drafted in the NFL, probably one of the best at his position at the college in a long time, or at least really really good and notable, right? And and so now he's in college and he's you know big man on campus. Everyone's like, oh my god, look at him! He's the quarterback of the football team, or he's the you know the, the star corner, or whatever position they play. And everyone tells him how great they are and how awesome they are, and they want to be their best friend because who doesn't want to be around celebrity, right? Because you get all the people that want to muckle into that. And then you wind up in the NFL. You spend your whole life working, being the super celebrated stud. You get to the NFL. So then all these people can just tell you that you suck. I mean, that's that's how horrible is that? That you spend Jerks all that like time. Us. Yeah, yeah, just like us, right? And, and it's not that he sucks or is a bad person. It's just he's not NFL ready, right? And you look at what happened and people say all these horrible things about this guy. You think about the juxtaposition in your brain. As a player, you're like, wow, I've been good. I've been the greatest. Everybody wants me. And then all of a sudden you get to this position and and you just, you're not there. You can't elevate to that level. You're not playing at that level. Some guys have a hard start and get better, but there's some guys that just like, like I don't know about David Fales. I just don't see a long future for him in the NFL. And it sucks no. for him. He got probably the most snaps he's going to get in the NFL in this game because Tom Savage went down. If Savage stays down next game, he'll he'll probably get a lot of snaps then too. But I think we the, the jury's in on him, and I, I doubt he's going to wind up on the team unless Savage is, is down and out and we can't find a replacement. If Tom Savage's injury is going to keep him out of game two, it would not be in the least bit surprising to me if they brought somebody else in who <laughs> they play over... David fails. And and I'm not suggesting I have an answer because there aren't good answers out there, but David fails is not an answer. No, he is not the answer. You are, you are abdicating your responsibility as a GM. Brock Os- Osweiler is out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, David didn't look good. Um, Cal Capitic is out there, but I'm not, we, I don't want to wade into that whole no. shit storm again. Yeah. So. It doesn't matter where you fall on it. It's just not worth talking about. And when he when he becomes a lion, then we can talk about it. But until then, we'll we'll see. All right, let's talk a little bit. So David fails is not the answer. Tom Savage, we hope, gets better very quickly and can return to form. Um, we'll see. We'll see Safford in game two, um, but he's not going to play the whole game. And I think what we saw in all the injuries in this game, and we'll talk about a couple more of them as we go on, is this is the reason your starters don't play straight up. Right. This is it. Right. right. All right. So let's go on. Um, there's a little bit of weirdness in linebacker. We've got some mm-hmm. some really good players here, 
but they, but they don't happen to fit the scheme. Case, um, is this a case of they're the best player available, so we're going to keep them and they're going to we're going to force them into the scheme, or or what are we going to do here? What's, it's what's it's tough. It's really tough, and it's two guys specifically that we're talking about. Um, two guys who've been having some of the best camp on on the defensive side of the ball of anybody, um, and that is Miles Killebrew and Jalen Reeves Maben. Um, two guys that everybody at one point in time uh, in in you know it, we ourselves included uh, have been high on for one reason or another. Uh, guys that we wanted to see succeed, guys that who have flashed potential, um, but who 100% don't fit the mold of what Matt Patricia wants his defense to be. Right. And so it creates a situation like, how do you, um, do you, pass on them do you let them slip off the roster either or or both uh because somebody else fits what you want to do better but isn't as good a player Mm -hmm. or do you adjust your scheme do you you stay versatile as a scheme as a play caller as a scheme guy and it's a it's a challenge um and it'll be very interesting to see where matt patricia comes down on that line. I, I I think, you know, long-term, I still think it makes sense to go after the guys that fit what he really would prefer to do in the short term. I think it like, I feel like he's smart enough. Hopefully um, we all know he's brilliant to find ways to effectively use guys who are doing really well. We will, and we had the reverse situation. You know what I mean? Uh, with the Kyle Van Noy under Terrell Austin, Terrell Austin just never was able to use him in, a, in an effective way. And he went to Matt Trish's office, uh, uh, defense, excuse me, in New England, and they knew how to use him. And immediately, and, and I'm, I, I, I still think that, you know, he's a little bit overrated. Um, in, in terms of what he did there, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you you turned a lost cause into mm-hmm. something into into something a that contributing was contributing member of the right exactly yeah, yeah. absolutely, and if, that's why I don't think he's overrated. I mean, he's had some good plays. I think expectations were so low that right. people feel really good right. about what so they there's got. A little bit of a, there, there's almost a little bit of a meme aspect to it, just because mm-hmm. he overcame uh, expectations in a significant way, which is great. I I hold nothing against Kyle Van Noy, even though. You know, he said something about toilet bowl, the Super Bowl, but I mean, I, I, I have a hard time, you know, holding that against him because things were not going well at all in Detroit at that moment, especially on the defense. Yeah. So, um, point being, again, if Patricia has these players and they're the ones who are performing the best but don't fit what he wants to do. Can he be adaptable enough to find ways to use them effectively? What do, right? Right. That's, that's what I don't know. Out. And I don't know the answer. I, I'm hoping we'll find out the answer. I, it, 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 if both of those guys make the roster, that's probably an indication that he's planning to find a way to use them. Yeah. That, that I would I would assume that if someone makes the roster, they're, they're fine. They've got a way to use them. So. Right. I, I mean, I, I'm saying like, <laughs> as opposed to just putting them into a role that doesn't fit for right. them. Yeah. I'm hoping, you yeah. know what I mean? You want to talk a little bit about Trey Lamar? We had a really, really good story of him on the, on the, and I'm going to tell you, Chris Robbins, Alex, and uh, Ash have been freaking killing it on the site. They've yeah. opened some really, really good articles Definitely. together. Absolutely. Um, good analysis, deep stuff on the on, on Ty Montgomery, who we'll talk about, or Ty Johnson, sorry. I keep 
Montgomery. Uh, we'll talk about. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Careful, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll talk uh, the defense, what we're doing with the defense, how we're building an electric defense. Um, it's it, the electric fence. Ooh, that might be something we can do. We can do with this defense if it stands up. That that, that seven man front, the electric Don't fence. Don't whiz on the electric fence. That's right, right in Stimpy fan. Um, yeah, no, and and I'm gonna go find that for our next show. The electric fence. <laughs> that's 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 gonna stick. I'm telling. You. Anyway, I hope I hope that front seven stands up for it. But uh, yeah, no, there, there's a lot a lot going on. You know what I mean? And um, really really good stuff on the site. A lot of great stuff from the guys right now. If if you're looking for some good articles to read. Uh, definitely check out DetroitLionsPodcast.com. These guys are just killing it out there. But Trey Lamar, I know you had Yeah, a and I mean, this is the complete opposite thing. This is a guy who uh, still has a long way to go in terms of proving talent-wise that he belongs, but fits exactly what Patricia wants. Um, <clears throat> if you can assume at this point, and I'm not sure you can fully assume, but it, it's it's probably a safe bet uh, that Jelani Tavai will be one of the starting linebackers, uh, which doesn't necessarily mean that uh, he'll be playing the majority of snaps just uh, because it's it's tough to tell whether or not uh, nickel, dime, you know, what the base package will be and how many linebackers will be on the field most of the time. But if you could, if you want to assume that uh, Jelani Tavai is a starting linebacker for this team, Trey Lamar has shown and once again, Ash, great article. Um, so I'm, I'm mostly just lifting from what he said, but he's shown that he can be that to a slightly lesser degree. It, it's yeah. not dissimilar from what I said at the last time we had a sh- like a, a real show or an actual show or a normal show about Tom Savage. He's not as good as Stafford is, but you can do a lot. You could do basically the same things with him. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. He um, he's a fanatic. Speaking of fanatics, <laughs> well, you got to make your own segue. It gets really crappy, right? But hey, <laughs> you want to get your jerseys. You're, you're already seeing after the first game. You're seeing through training camp who you want. Um, I know Mary Lamos was out there with her Zach Center stuff. She got her Zach Center shirt from our store, store.detroitlinespodcast.com. Great place to get some awesome shirts um, and merch from this, the, the, the podcast. But we want to talk a little bit about your Lions gear because it's that time of year. You want to get your jersey. You want to stock up. You want to rep your team. This is the time. Either you're dusting off the old stuff and firing up your old Harrington jersey, or it's time to get some fresh new threads for the season. Maybe you want to get yourself a nice cup to uh, drink along uh, at tailgate. Maybe you want to get, you know, who knows, the, the Lions loafers for your little your little tootsies, whatever you want to do. There, the, I'll tell you, there's a Lions blanket that is the softest, most comfortable blanket ever. It's It's become my I'm sick blanket. If I ever get sick, that's the one I want because this is just the most comforting blanket ever. Anyway, all the great stuff there that you can have. All Lions logo. If you want to get Red Wings, if you want to get Pistons, you want to get your college teams, it's all there. Any team, any any league, it's all there. Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Head on over, get all your gear. All Rep your favorite teams and, uh, and rep them proudly <coughs> by getting your gear from Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. They give us a little kickback, and uh, it's a great way to help the show. Support us by doing something you're going to do anyway. You can support your team, you can support the show, and you can do it in one full swoop. As always, it never costs you a penny more. It's very simple. You just type that fanatics.detroitlinespodcast.com into your browser, and uh, it'll take you straight there. No no funny stuff, no stops. takes you right to their site, but it lets them know that we sent you. Fanatics.detroitlinespodcast.com. And uh, thank you to everybody who's using that to, to get your gear. We appreciate your support immensely. It's that kind of stuff, and the Patreon people is how we were able to do our live streams and put all that stuff together. And um, that we did on this thing, on this on this trip, this road trip here. <laughs> 
cases dying in the background uh we were able to put all that stuff together it's it's your generosity and remembering us when you do that kind of shopping so thank you everybody fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com all right let's talk about ty johnson continuing to kill it talk about the article by chris robbins on detroitlionspodcast.com um he he he's a fast son of a bitch isn't he i mean let's start there That, that guy has got some serious speed uh, he kicks those engines in, and it's gone. It's gone time. I'm so... Uh, it's really rare for me to get excited about a late-round rookie uh, in before the season even starts. Uh, I usually mostly just write most of them off as losses to begin with. I don't, I don't usually expect any of them to, you know... Uh, I assume that most of them will probably make the roster, although uh, as, you know, the team gets better talent wise, you might see more of those uh, mid to late round guys, not even make the initial roster, which is where we find ourselves, you know, with, with a couple guys this year. Um, But Ty is just, he's just killing it every single time I hear anything about him. It's about him doing something great. And this game was no different. You you can watch uh, the, he he had two big carries um, and, and they were both wonderful. It, it's just kind of it gets that Kenny Galladay feeling to it, and I, I don't mean to. I, like I don't that. like comparing. I don't like comparing guys because I don't want somebody like Ty Johnson to have to live up to uh, you know a standard that that's really difficult to live up sure, to. Sure. Um, but at the same time, like it's got that feel to it that he's so good, and there's. N- there isn't even anything negative to say about him right now. Like I, I literally am not sure. I'm. I I remember that he wasn't phenomenal in the pass blocking uh, drills they did when we saw them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But that's the only thing I can say that's negative. Dude's got wheels. He's got hands. He's got moves. He made a nice jump cut. Uh, he can Tough get outside. Took he a hard shot that, that drew yeah. a flag and hopped up and started yeah. jawing back at the guy. No yes. problem. Didn't so, take no I mean, shit. This, this is, uh, and, and, I, and I almost, you know, wait, this is one of those things like, um, I almost feel bad, like sending all my love to a running back, you know, a d- depth running back that isn't Zach Zenner. But <laughs> I love Zach Zenner. Yeah, that's um, that's gonna but, be a little tough, man. You, uh, I, I am very happy, and and there's room for both of them on the roster. You, you have and enough. I appreciate that. You have enough heart for both. I have enough. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, okay. No, yeah, he he's he looked great out there. He found that other gear, uh, came up after a tough hit, and that's the part I liked that that attitude. Um, the other side of it is is with him and carry on. You got Johnson and Johnson in the backfield again. That's always a little fun play on words between Johnson and Johnson. The electric fence you can you can damage them and you can heal them up. Um, <laughs> sounds like a there's no tears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just stick to the opener, right? Just stick to the opening <laughs> joke and then just deadpan after that. You're much better. <laughs> so yeah, no, he's he's looking good out there. Like I said, great article. If you want to you want to dive in a little bit, check that out. But um, he's definitely someone to watch through this this preseason because I don't I don't think he's gonna fall off the roster. We saw um what looked like, and I haven't heard any feedback on it yet either. Um, ZZ, he uh, he looks like he he took a little concussion there, didn't he? Yeah, um, possibly. Uh, once again, we have no information right now, so I'm not yeah, I'm not out here trying to saw it immediately after the tackle uh, when he hit. You could tell his reaction immediately was not good. Took him a second to get up. 
was off the field. It could have just been a stinger, could have been a number of things, but um, it's it's a shot to the head. Damn it. You can't. He that's a guy who's had concussions, no. so no, it, it isn't. And that's um, a guy who, who's had you want to preserve because while it's fun to watch him play football, he makes no cancer someday. And, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so let's 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 keep that thing in bubble wrap. All right, um, there is a guy that's hurt, and this is a tough one. Um, it was it was tough to watch. It was um, it was it was just ugly. Hey, he got cut off in a cast. Um, there's some some there's some controversy about a tweet as well. Um, I think the guy that tweeted the tweet. I'm not going to go into it too much, but I just think the guy that tweeted it was dumb. It was ignorant. Okay, not dumb. Ignorant though is just not knowing something. And then, as is the case on Twitter, it doubled down on it, unignorant. Right? So it, it, it's I think it's a nothing burger. People making you know a lot of hay out of nothing. But uh, so Jermaine Curse broken leg with further damage to his ankle as a result, uh, likely out for the season. Right? I mean that was that was if he comes back, it'll be week. 15, 14, maybe the playoffs. That's that's just an ugly one to try to come back from. Really, really tough to watch. Um, but it really puts a, a question mark over the wide receiver room. We, you know, we liked our top four. We liked the guys we had. Um, we had guys that we felt like, hey, you know, he's he's Jareen Curse is a great number four wide out. Right. That says you've got great talent above him, right? You've got a great set of people plus then you put the tight ends in there that we had. Jesse James looked good when he played. It was it was it was it was all kind of the right good stuff, but the drop off afterwards was was severe. It was just straight fall off. So, what does it mean? Well, it means Travis Fulgham, um our senior bowl guy has now a a shot to show what he can do. Uh in camp he's flashed uh, both good and bad, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've seen some really good stuff. We've seen some some struggles. Um, it, it looks to me like he may, may be moving up to that number four position, and um, it's it was hard to see. Again, David fails. It's exactly like the Senior Bowl. You have quarterbacks that can't get get it in the range of somebody's wingspan about eighty percent of the time. How are you going to be able to judge a wide receiver's ability if the ball's nowhere near him, right? Um, it, it makes it really, really difficult. I want to see I want to see Fulgham step up. I, I'd love to see him take some throws from Stafford and uh, and see what they can do together to really build some. I mean, like my confidence is the most important thing to them, but build my confidence in Fulgham right. as as the fourth uh, because it's it's time for him to step up. Uh, next man up kind of situation, and we're only game one of the preseason. We get, we're gonna have to pick somebody up. I just I just feel like we need somebody yeah. else out there. Um, it's, uh, it is very unfortunate because we all, we've all known and we've, we've talked about it quite a bit, um, that the wide receiver depth for this team wasn't great to begin with. Um, but I was very happy with the top four and I did feel like Jermaine curse was, um, he's the kind of guy who will let you down if you expect too much of him. But if you, if you just relying on him for, you know, 300 yards a year, um, a few touchdowns. That's the kind of role he excel in. Uh, I think so. Uh, so it sucks to lose that guy because we definitely have to replace that guy. And there's no clear, clear alternative. Um, but if you want to look at it from a, and, and you all know that uh, I'll, I'll look at, you know, the most positive situation and say, well, here's, here's where you should be worried. I'll also look at the most negative situation and say, well, here's the potential positive. The silver lining in this is that it does increase the opportunities for a few of the young guys uh, to 
step up. And the the best way to get a guy to step up is to be forced into that uh, high pressure situation of, of do or die. Yeah. That doesn't mean that it's going to be successful. It doesn't mean that somebody's going to come out of this situation. It doesn't mean that Chris Lacey's all of a sudden going to light it up. It doesn't mean that Andy Jones is going to, you know, uh, take back the, the worst drop I've ever seen in my life, you know, um, <laughs> or Andy Jones. I'm going to stop picking on him if he does really well. He but, did. Um, it was a horrible drop though. Uh, I mean, it was um, horrible. <laughs> Uh-huh. It doesn't mean that Travis Fulgham uh, will, you know, has any any assurance whatsoever of making the roster. It does mean, however, that if the doors open and the opportunity is there, and somebody pushes themselves to take that opportunity away from the other guys, that maybe you get, you know, a future in a player as opposed to a guy like Curse who was never going to be here for more than a year to begin with. So if you want to look at it from a silver lining perspective, that's the best way to do it because it could lead to a a more long-term situation. And I got to, I got to say nice things. Maybe. I got to say nice things about Andy Jones because (laughs) again, we talk about, you know, how great you are your whole life and then you get to the NFL to be told you stink. Right. Um, Imagine your worst moment at your job on film for everybody to see. Right? It would be fucking and for me to pick on yeah. over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things. Like it's it comes with the territory. I get it, but oh my gosh, I can't imagine. I mean, look, I've done some pretty knuckleheaded things in my days. Um, it, to the point where I mean, especially when I was younger, where my boss would walk in on us doing something just completely stupid and say, "Really?" And then I could sit there in the moment and look at it and say. God, we are freaking idiots, right? I mean, just just like separate from the moment and see what you're doing. I just can't, you know. Again, it was a it was a horrible drop. It was one of the worst that that we've ever seen. But it, it's not necessarily indicative of who he is as a player or his overall thing. He just had a really really bad drop. Oh there. oh, hey, uh, real quick, the Lions are working out Josh Johnson and Landry Jones tomorrow. Nice. So. What that means. Just, just so it's aware, that probably indicates that Tom Savage is is a likely miss for next next week. I don't want to raise any alarms because we, it, it, he still might be back next week. It might be a week or two thing. We don't know, but just just for what it's worth, uh, even even if they wanted to just replace David Fails for the rest of the preseason, I wouldn't <sighs> complain about that. So. Yeah, a little bit of freak out going on. <laughs> Don't need to. No need to freak out. It'll be okay. I promise. All right. Uh, really quick, got to talk about you want to get tickets to any event, whether it be a concert. You want to see I Prevail? They're out there right now. They're touring like crazy. Case is going to see them in Fargo. I'm going to see them in Ipsy. Mm-hmm. Riz is right now in Grand Rapids. Tell me about the, and that's the text I'm seeing if you're watching the video. Uh, tell me about uh, Brian's warm up routine that he's doing ahead of the show. Place is sold out. Good stuff. Uh, you want to get your tickets? You want to go to the show? How do you do that? You go to ticks.detroitlionspodcast.com. T I X.detroitlionspodcast.com. It'll take you over to SeatGeek where you can pick your seat so, so no one else picks it for you. And uh, you can get your, your spot. Any show, any concert, any sporting event, anything that requires tickets, you can get there. Ticks. DetroitLionsPodcast.com, T-I-X. Uh, use that, and uh, we'll get a little kickback. doesn't cost you any more again. That's the thing. We're trying to, we're trying to find things that you guys want to do and, and you enjoy doing and you're going to do anyway, but a way that we can, uh, we can help out by, by pointing you to those places, and uh, we get a little kickback out of it. It helps support the show, and that way everybody's kind of doing the things they always did, and we're just getting some money out of the man. So ticks.detroitlionspodcast.com. 
Uh, get your stuff there. It's a great way to go. All right. Offensive line. This is a big story today. Um, we The first team offensive line played one series. Um, it's usually what you see your quarterback play uh, historically. Uh, a little bit different this year. It was the offensive line that played one series. The quarterback didn't play any. And uh, then it was a second team that went out there, and we just watched uh, quarterbacks get all, Savage got destroyed. We watched Fails just get blasted in the in the in the backfield like crazy. And there's one you know, <laughs> there's one guy, the elephant in the in the line, I guess, uh, Crosby. What in the holy hell, Crosby? We'll talk about him a little bit, but let's talk about more broadly the offensive line case. Um, it was it was hot garbage. <laughs> that second string offensive line was hot garbage out there. Should we pack it in? Is it time for 2020 again? Hot tub toaster time machine. It's. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I will not in remotely say once again. I'll say this again. I'm not going to say there's nothing negative to take away from it. Um, that guy's got beat. But as you you mentioned, you know, before we even recorded, so I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal what you said. You Tyler Crosby, bitch. Tyrell Crosby looked serviceable when he played last year and to and to jump to the conclusion that he is all of a sudden horrendous because of the first preseason game is doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me um it's better to err towards you know what evidence we do have like like longer term than one outing uh, who knows? Who I mean, it, it, who knows what the hell was going it could on? Be with that him. Bad. Things could have broken in the offseason. He could be a broken man right. and, and no, not be totally, able to live up to totally. that. Right? And that doesn't happen. That doesn't one, happen. Totally. Also, players have a bad game. This is one data point. I, well, I guess you could call it multiple data points because it's multiple snaps. And he got beat every way from Sunday, other than the bull rush. He was good against the bull rush. Yeah. But other than that, he got beat all over the place. One of those was also a miscommunication play. Sure, sure. One of the sad, one of the three sacks so he lets up let up was a miscommunication play, which is something that is a preseason thing. You know that that's not a but shock. There were so many. No, I'm not. Problem, I'm not arguing right? that. I'm so now, not arguing. Where are we? People. Some people are ready to throw Crosby from a burning bus right now, and that's completely um, reactive, overreactive. It's not time. He he was serviceable. He was a good backup. He did some good work for us last year, and he was even considered a possibility for the starting line this year. Right, as we were putting together, this is one game. Don't let this taint what you think of Tyrell Crosby. It may be indicative of where he's at now. It may be that it is time to eject him from the bus and, and find a replacement. But it's way way too early to to make that determination. He could have he could have had the flu. Right, it could have been he could have been dinged up, had an ankle problem. It could have been any number of things out there. Um, he could have been the scheme that he was given. Just play the bull rush, right? I mean, he could have. We want to see if David fails can can can, can, can scamper, uh, <laughs> which no, he can't. Uh, <laughs> um, we 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 just it's there's a lot of things that could happen. Don't use this to condemn Tyrell Crosby yet. Uh, definitely something to watch. It was an ugly performance. We will be watching yeah, him. It's yeah. not like like don't misunderstand that as as Chris and I saying that we have blind optimism in Tyrell Crosby right. because we don't. You right. know there there is a lot to prove there. It's also just don't make any mass assumptions off of and just period ever ever. The only thing that you can truly take away from the preseason week one performance 
is that it sucks that Jermaine Curse got hurt. That's like literally the only thing of. I'm not saying there are things you can, can't talk about. Obviously, we made a whole show about talking about it. Um, I'm not saying there aren't things you can't talk about. I'm just saying that if you say that because he looked bad in this game, you believe there is zero chance that he has any future, then you've gone further than the team itself has, almost yeah. certainly. And the... the you- to try to glean directional information about players, their trajectories, and so on off of this one game. I mean, let's face it. We practiced against them all week. We're going to face them in the Super Bowl. So we don't want to give away our <laughs> scheme now, right? <laughs> so, no, it's just it's it's preseason game one. Don't don't freak out. And let's let's talk about that a little bit, about the fan reaction, because it's been really interesting how um I don't I, there there's there's some people and it you can almost, except from for that crazy Uncle Charlie, right? You can almost, you know, eighty percent, eighty twenty rule. Tell how old somebody is based on their reaction <laughs> to these kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. Younger Lions fans who, who, and I was there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down talking anybody, right? But that you get those those Kool Aid goggles going early, and you get so involved and so bought in, and then you get disappointed and you get so mad. You feel like you're lied to. Oh my god! And you just have that that massive overreaction or reaction to to what happened. You get you, it. Don't let it do that to you, folks. Sometimes it's it's better to let go of the rope and feel, let the fall. Let the fall take you. Don't hold too tight to the rope. This is one of those things, especially in the preseason. It's meaningless. Um, I most of us probably don't even remember any of the details. How many uh, series the offensive line played in last year's any of last year's preseasons games? Much less the you know the a specific game, the first one. Let it go, let it relax. Let's just watch what happens. Let's see how the team develops. We'll look for things to come together. And really, in week one is we're going to get our, our of the regular season is we're going to start getting our best edu- um, education on what this team is. Also, know that this is a team. That is built not to fail early. Don't don't look at it like that. But this is a team that is built to to grow and learn as the year goes on. The the defense typically starts a little bit softer and 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 hammers hammers it together by you know as the season goes on. Um, these first couple games are going to be tough games, and uh, we're playing against really good competition. So it's tough to take a team like ours and uh, not have your defense locked down. You definitely are looking at your offense to score to carry you in these early couple games of the season. But case, let's talk about that fan reaction. I know you were caught, you were crying. You, you, you FaceTimed me from the bathtub, hot <laughs> bath with the razor blade. Um, you were ready to go at the wrists there. And, uh, I kept cheering you on, but you just couldn't do it. Uh, what do you think? I mean, is it, is it time? Are we, are we looking at 2021 now? The 2020 joke is over. I guess we're looking two seasons ahead because it's all over. <laughs> after this. Fan reaction. Um, no, I, I think you nailed every, every, you know, Point, point that we need thank to you cover. <laughs> um, I, I thought about going a few other directions but you know leave it but um it uh yeah it it is mass overreaction time and and the same thing i mean if you look back at last year even the regular season and look at the fan reaction after week one and now granted i'm not suggesting that the rest of the season went phenomenal but the team we saw in week one was most certainly not the team we saw the rest of the year. The team we saw week one was a a complete utter shit show. Um, The rest of the season was disappointing, but not like, but not like that. 
And and you could put it in the same context, say that just because that happened this week doesn't mean that's a actually good indication of where the team is. Uh, we had somebody on Twitter. Um, they actually use my old Twitter, so I assume they don't listen to us that often. Yeah, but I, um, I, think, I think it's a dope. You know, <laughs> suggesting that, uh, well, what do you say now about all this depth we've been building? Well, I mean, I'd say. It was about the Caldwell thing. Right, right. right. Well, Caldwell and He's Mayhew. not coaching anybody, well, is he, you first, dumb first fuck? Of all, like, <laughs> first of all, I, I've defended Mayhew more than one time in the past. Is better oh, than I think God. the average Lion fan treats him. That doesn't mean I think he was good. Um, but they, the Lions were bad with Caldwell. It's not like, you know. <laughs> he's not also, coaching anybody also, today. Also, also. Uh, dumb the, son the, of a bitch. <laughs> you, if, you, if, you take a, if you take a preseason week one loss, and extrapolate that as to the, as if the whole season is already over. Um, <laughs> you've you're, you've picked the wrong team. Do you want me? Do you want me to save your comment? Because I'll save your comment. Like <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple of them. I've got a couple. Remind me set up on my own little subreddit. We'll, we'll bring those up. Screenshots and all that. But anyway, yeah, no, it's um, it's great. That's that's it. So. Light the house on fire and run away if that's you. Uh, otherwise, sensible sensible is the way to go. Um, to think that this team is in worse shape now than it was in the Caldwell era or that Caldwell was building this team into a an absolute winner. Um, Clearly. Is, is misguided. Because things kept getting better. Yeah, yeah, it sure did. All right, so uh, with that, everyone calm down. We're, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. We'll react appropriately when the when the games start meaning something. And look, if we start out zero and nine, you're gonna, you're, 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 we, we, you know us. We're not gonna. As much as I was, as much as I was a rooter for Patricia, and and you know, as much as I like, even like if I, if, even if I, we, you know, we've said, hey, I, I, whatever. Um, <laughs> as much as I like, or like, in theory, Bob Quinn, if they can't improve on what they did last year, this year. I, you gotta, you gotta believe that I'm going to be one of the first people out there making the criticisms, but I got to wait until I actually see that happen before I'm willing to jump to that. You know, yeah. so, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be a, a Patricia fan just to be a Patricia fan. Patricia has to prove something. Yep. As somebody who is interested in kind of the continuous improvement world and how to put things together and processes and, and large organizations, um, in my in my day job, this is the Quinn and Patricia combination is for me the most optimistic I've been about a front office and coaching combination this team has had in yeah. in maybe my oh, lifetime. Really, I mean, even Wayne Fonts. I remember in the day, look, we had some success there. I can't, you can't knock that, but Wayne Fonts was like, oh my god, this guy's rolling around a golf cart with a freaking cigar. It's it was just like, what the hell? What are we even looking at? This is so lions. These guys are are professionals, and I really really believe. That they have the right stuff. The problem is, is the fan base is, is rightfully wants wins now, right. and you deserve it. We all deserve wins out of this team. We've 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 been here. We've been along for the ride for a long time and haven't gotten the wins that we deserve and want. But it's not like the organization doesn't want it. 
It's not like the, the, the Fords are holding back money or purposely <laughs> sabotaging. That whole thing is silly. Um, everybody in there wants to win as much as, as much as we do. And, and you think that that's not going to make their careers and their lives to bring a, bring a win to this, this organization. You're crazy. There's no one in there that is sabotaging this team, uh, from winning and they want it as much as we do. I believe that these guys can do it. I worry that it's going to take a little more time because the, the, the roster was so decimated and, and lacked depth so badly and there was no plan and we were in cap hell and now the CBA and everything else. I'm worried that they're not going to get enough time to put the plan into yeah, action. I can and see that. It. I can see that being a at real the, possibility at but. the same time, give them the time. And if they, if they can't deliver now, what right You're on the other side of it, you've, you've gave them that you've given the time and they weren't, they weren't <laughs> capable. It's one of the most difficult things to really predict and be able to put together. But my sense right now is, the brains we have on this team, and we were, I was talking to Dan about this behind the scenes, and he's 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 a very much of a similar mind. These are some of the smartest guys that we've seen in these positions, and um, but you, you still need the wins. You still got to have those wins, and and you they have to come soon enough to to allow your brains to to come right. forth and, and show it. So, there you are, man. Um, with that, I really want really quick want to talk about Amazon. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Use that. It'll take you straight there. Anything you buy, sell, trade, whatever on Amazon, use that link. If you're going to buy, you know, re-up your Amazon Prime for the year, go ahead and go to Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. It'll take you straight to the site. They give us a little kickback. Like the other stuff, it's a great way to help the show. Doing things you're going to do anyway. It's just a couple extra t- letters when you type it in. And all you folks that are doing it, thank you so much. We appreciate it. It, it. Like I said, pays the bills, helps us keep doing our thing and expanding and getting better. And Paying for cases, hotel room, and all the other stuff is, is part of the show. So thanks, everyone, who does that. Now, um, a little bit, I want to talk about the Dan thing. I know we had an Antonio Brown piece case. Do you mind if we skip it this week and yeah, maybe touch totally. on Because I think Hard Knocks, we'll, we'll hit that, I think, next week. But talking about what we were, we were discussing with Dan, we're going to put that up here again from the party. Um, we set it up. We had Dan interview Dean Blandino. We had audience questions and then also Dan's questions. And, and you talk about an absolute professional, right? You see... Dan doing his thing, um, it's it's really amazing. He's just just so good, so good. So we have that. It's available on YouTube. If you go to YouTube.com, you can see it there as well. I um, want to get that. Also, forgot one. Thank you. There's there's Mahir Magani. He came out to the to the party, and I wanted to give him a big thanks. I owed him more time, and I didn't get it. Uh, I wasn't able to put it together. Thanks, bud. I appreciate it. He brought his dad and his his uh, I believe his brother out, and they hung out for a while, and um, it was it was really great to have him there. He's guy's an emergency room doctor in the Bay Area and flew into town for the Lions and for our party and the whole thing and really put it together just to hang with us. And unfortunately, with everything else going on, we weren't able to spend the time we wanted to. So so big thanks to you. Uh, anyway, so we're going to do this. We're going to wrap up the show here, but after we close the show, we're going to go directly into the Dan Miller and Dean Blandino interview. Great questions. Again, the audience were able to put their questions together and submit them. It's, <clears> it's absolutely, you know, it's, it's hard hitting. It's the real questions with the real answers. Um, and they were both wide open and, and, and a lot of candor there. And it was a good way to get a little, uh, little idea of what's going on in the head of your former VP of officiating. With that, we're going to bring it to a close this week. Make sure we need to know we need your involvement use the comments in the subreddit give us the feedback that you want us to improve let us know that's where to do it but those five star ratings baby those are forever itunes google play everywhere else go ahead and give us those ratings we appreciate those five stars all the way also don't forget about us on patreon the patreon uh people slack it's the best 
most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. As little as a dollar a month donation gets you in there, and, and you will not regret it. It is worth every penny and a lot more. So you can donate more. We're not going to stop you at a dollar. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. It is also available to see us. <laughs> That's great English on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast on Twitter. The very, very best place to see case. What? Exactly. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions podcast. It's all one word, Detroit Lions podcast, or call us on the Lions line. At 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can appear at your fingertips and in your ears automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, baby. Because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally that call was 100% wrong. All right, we got a great opportunity. After the end of the Fordfield family event, we had longtime friend of the show, great, great hero in Detroit. Announcer for the Detroit Lions Radio Network, Dan Miller, has joined us. Here we hear. Thank you. That's that's a heck of an introduction, and uh, it's good to be here. We let me just say this: I appreciate all that you guys do. You and and and, and no, thank you. But everything that that all the the bloggers do and the podcasts and all that, it's also cool. I follow it. I follow all you guys. And, and I greatly appreciate it. And I know the team does as well. And, and you know, it's just the passion comes through and it, and it means a lot. It's really cool. So it's great to be here. I really appreciate you inviting me to be here. No so. greater compliment. Thank you very much, Dan. Dan Miller, guys. I mean, this guy is the quality of Detroit. He's the heart and soul. You, you get to know him. You get to talk to him. And you'll learn how awesome a city this could be and how awesome the people in the city can be. Thank you very much. Also, no, a keep, guy, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> a guy who maybe... It's a redemption arc, right? I mean, he wasn't maybe a, a, a fan favorite in the last couple of years, maybe the last decade, but who's turned into not only a friend of the show, but really a, a, a voice for player safety and so much more in the NFL, Fox Rules Analyst. I mean, who who clears it up better than our best buddy, Dean Blandino? How you doing, Dean? It was not. <laughs> Dan gets who, who a standing ovation. And I, yeah, that's fine. We can... <laughs> Dean spends uh, Mondays on cleanup. Those are the old days, right? Exactly. (laughs) Putting out fires. All right. Yeah. No, it's it's great to have Dean here. And let me ask you this, because you have been on this redemption arc and you guys have been having a great time with it. Are there other cities besides Detroit that are this passionate about Dean Blandino? Yeah, I, I was. We were talking earlier with some of the guys and it's really it was a literally a seven-day span in my life that created the two fan bases that hated me the most. And it was the the Lions and Cowboys played, right? And the infamous flag pickup. And then one week later, Packers, Cowboys, and and I know everyone in this room would say that that was was perfect irony when with the Dez play. 
And, uh, and so the Dallas Cowboys uh, is the other fan base that is very passionate about me. Was it tough when the reason that people were mad at you was because of the rules and they thought it was you? And there were times where the rule was called correctly, even if the rule just made you scratch your head. You know, what's funny is that the... The Dez play has taken on a life of its own, but that that was the right call according to the rule. The one that made me more upset was the play the week prior with the Lions because that was a foul. The flag should not have been picked up. And exactly. And I'm not I'm not just and and that my comments would be reversed if I was in Dallas right now, but it's no dummy. But but that, that flag should have been picked up. And who knows, you know, would the Lions have won the game? They'd have a better chance. But that's what would upset me more. The rule, the Des play, that was the right ruling according to what was in the rule book. And uh, the flag pickup was not the right call. And they missed a blatant hold before that even happened. And then, yeah, there was a million things that happened. that. that <laughs> and you and I have been. talked about this before. The one that always got me was, is, and again, this is old ground for you and me because we talked about it last time you we were here. When Dez came on the field without a helmet yes. and the defense is on the field and confronted the referee, that should have been an automatic flag. Yeah, period. coming off the bench, Dez coming off the bench without a helmet, confronting the referee, that, that's unsportsmanlike conduct. So it should have been a first down for the Lions anyway. And, and again, in the moment, it's easy for us to sit here and watch it on video and say we would have done this. But in the moment, the officials are trying to sort out what happened. They have a player in their face. Was he on the field? Was he off the field? It's tough. But, yeah, that should have been a foul. But let, let me say this, too, because I, I have had Lions coaches past and present tell me this, and, and these were really crazy calls at critical times. But every team in the league, Dean, has bad calls go against them. It's the, the best teams are able to overcome. That, that's it. And, and officials are human. They're going to make mistakes. And, and it tends to even out over, over the course of time. But, you know, sometimes there's seasons or a couple of weeks in a row where you get you're on the wrong end of those calls. But the thing is, the good teams just, just have that knack for overcoming um, those mistakes. And I've talked to a lot of head coaches who had, who had young teams or the teams weren't as good. And they said, we can't overcome those calls. You know, we, we're not there yet. But you get to a point where whether it's, whether it's New England or Pittsburgh or or Seattle that that has been good for for over course of time, they they have the knack for overcoming those calls. That said, we got screwed in Seattle, we got screwed in Chicago, and we got screwed in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> right, can I say one thing though? Can I say it's it's great? I've been sitting here and I've been listening to everybody on the Lions who sucks and is not going to make the team. Now we're talking I wasn't about here for that. Now we're talking about some stuff that. Is important. I, I wasn't here for that. Let me, let me get to some of the questions that the folks have because I, I have some myself, but I want to ask this. Uh, this comes from the audience. How often do officials argue and change calls during the heat of the action? You know, it, it happens from time to time. Um, what was unique about the situation against the Cowboys was that the referee made an announcement and then there was a discussion and the call was picked up. That doesn't happen very often. But you'll see, and you watch football this year, you will see officials, there'll be an initial call, whether it's a signal for incomplete or a catch. Another official will come in, give their perspective, and they'll change that call. So that does happen from time to time. But, but normally it doesn't happen after an announcement has been made. 
What is the one realistic rule change you would make that you feel would drastically improve the league? And inevitably, <laughs> it says screw inevitably, the screw the Lions. <laughs> well, is, is, there is there something any, that you've any, argued any, for? Any rule change would eventually screw the Lions. It That's happens. Not, it is, happens. Is there anything hanging out there that um, you feel like they should do? You know, I, I, I did not. Um, agree with the rule change on pass interference. I, I, I feel like that's a subjective call. If it were me, I would have pushed more for something along the lines of player safety. Um, college has the targeting rule. Yep. I would have went more towards that route with whether it's a hit on defenseless receivers or roughing the passer, something that's less subjective. That's what I would have made reviewable versus pass interference. We did see the first uh, PI challenge last, last night. night. Yeah, yeah. What, were your thought, what, what were your thoughts as you watched that? I, unfold? I think it was that was an obvious call. Grabbed him by the collar. He, yeah, and I think some of, a lot of the coaches and the coaches that I've talked to, I think you're going to see a lot of challenges because they want to get a sense during the preseason of where the league is at in terms of what's the standard to overturn calls. So I think you're going to see a lot of challenges during the preseason by, uh, by the head coaches. Do you think that they were willing to make that change? Because I think that there's always a – you hesitate to be reactionary. You don't want to overdo it. But do you think they made that change, A, because it was such a public play in New Orleans uh, with the Saints, and B, because it can be such a big play. It can be a 50-yard play. It, it, is, it is a significant penalty when it's called. But there's no question – that that rule was changed because of that play. If if that play happens in the first quarter or the Saints win the game, this we're not talking about this right now. There's no question. Which trick play could be run that you haven't seen? And whatever you say, New England will run it next week. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> I would love to see somebody try the fumble ruski. <laughs> and so the fumble ruski, it was a play that was was – used in college a couple of times, actually the, the, the 1984 Orange Bowl with Nebraska and Miami, they used it and it was successful. And then in 88, they used it in the Orange Bowl against Miami, Oklahoma, I believe it was, and it worked. The NCAA has since outlawed the fumble ruski. The NFL, you can do it in the NFL, provided you, you don't put the ball down forward. So you still could do it. I would love to see you know, Tom Brady try the fumble ruski and, uh, and have an offensive lineman go for a touchdown. So who knows? We'll see. This one's for me, and I just wondered, now that you've kind of dipped into the TV world and Fox brother here, so I yep. certainly appreciate everything that you do. Um, does, does it give you a different perspective? H have you really kind of changed the way you looked at it or, or in any way? What's been the impact of being on this side of it? There's no question it's given me a different perspective. Being in TV – um, has has taught me so much. It's been a great learning experience, and just the 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 speed at which things happen. And when when you're on the air and you have you have a couple of seconds to explain something, you don't have unlimited amount of time, and and so you have to be quick. You have to be able to to put together a, a clear, concise statement on on what you've seen, and that that to me was the biggest. The biggest learning point, and uh, and it definitely gave me a new perspective on uh, on what people do in TV. I know you call it like you see it, but is it tough for you knowing what those officials go through when you have to come on and say, you know what, guys, they got it wrong because you, you've lived their life. It is. It is tough, but I always take the I always take the stance of, look, I may disagree with the call, but I'm going to try to explain what the official is seeing, what process they're going through to make the call. 
what their mindset, their thought process is. And, and we get the benefit of slow motion replay. And, and the official, we forget sometimes that they see it once in real time and they don't get to replay it in their head. And, uh, and so we're all pretty good at watching the play from eight different angles and making a call. But when you see it in real time once, it's, it's a lot more difficult. Couple of questions here about what attracted you to officiating and, and a career path that got you to be the VP of officiating. What kind of pointed you in that direction? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have an interest in officiating. I, I played football. I loved the sport. I grew up in New York, and uh, sent my resume to the NFL. The NFL had their league office in New York, and they had an internship in officiating. So I just said, "Hey, I want to get my foot in the door." Uh, started as an intern and just started to learn about officiating. Grew to love it, and uh, and that's kind of the path I took and just kind of worked my way up the ranks. You know, I, I told Dean this when we were together shooting the video. Um, Coach Caldwell spoke so highly of this guy. For everything that happened and everything that you think might have gone against the Lions, Coach Caldwell, and, and I spend a lot of time with him doing the different things that you have to do as a play-by-play guy, the different interviews. And we would talk a lot about officiating and things like that. And he talked about people past and present that have been in this job. And he was so appreciative of you and the way that you were always present. You would talk things through. And he said not everybody was like that. So clearly he had a great admiration of you and the job that you did. You two probably didn't always agree, sure. but he really appreciated the job that you did. Uh, no, I mean, when, and you, when you told me that, it was good to hear. And, and Jim is a is a good man, and and uh, you know it's a hard job because you're you're like a customer service representative because people aren't calling you to say, "Hey, great job," you know, this is this is awesome. They're calling you to say, "My flight's delayed. I need to get to Cleveland. How are you going to do that?" And and you have to deal with angry people sometimes and emotional people and. Uh, and but Jim was always he was pretty level headed and uh, and I always appreciated our conversations. Do you get I know when a team is upset with something, they'll send you a tape or they'll send you an email, whatever it is. Do you get something from every team every week or is it not every team? every you week? You would get for the most part, every team would communicate in some way. There was a there was a system in place. There is a system in place where teams can send in up to 10 plays for their previous game and ask questions. Um, some teams would, would use that. Other coaches would call. Other coaches would text. But uh, for the most part, throughout the season, every, every team is going to communicate. And, uh, and when they do it the right way, it's, it's about learning. It's about, okay, my defensive back was called for pass interference. Was that the correct call? Because I need to go back to that DB and tell him that his technique was, was incorrect or if it wasn't a foul, that you can keep doing that. And that's where that process was really beneficial to both the, the officials and, uh, and the teams. Was it tough on Tuesday when you had to tell a team, yeah, we made a mistake? Yeah, it was always tough. And, and you would have that conversation sometimes Sunday night after the game. And, uh, and you know, you're, you know I, I have a lot of respect for – for you know Bob Quinn, the the GM in in Detroit, and he would you know he would email or text during the game and have a question, and uh, and he would get and he'd get pretty emotional because he's passionate about it, and and it's tough when you have to tell a GM or a coach or even an owner that yeah we we messed that one up, 
because uh, there's nothing there's nothing I can say on Monday that's going to change what happened on Sunday. That's just the reality. But you just try to let them, you know, vent a little bit and understand where you're coming from, how the official could make that mistake, and just assure them that, you know, we're going to do everything possible to make sure it doesn't happen again. What years were you in the job? You were... I was I was the VP or SVP of officiating from 2013 to 2016, so I had four seasons. Because I think one of the ones that I think best epitomized that Tuesday was uh, Minnesota game, the Lions 0-16 season. I don't know if you guys remember the play. Lee Bodden called for pass interference. And they called Marinelli Tuesday and said, we made a mistake. And that was third and forever for Gus Ferrado who just heaved it down the field. They don't get that. Lions probably win that game in Minnesota, which was, I think, like week four or five or something like that. But for all teams that, that go to those Tuesdays, that, that has to be difficult and that has to put you in a tough position. Um, the question here, speaking of mistakes, when, when a ref makes a mistake, say on a holding call, they are human. Do they try to make it up later? Is there a, is there a you know, we hear in basketball yeah, about they, makeup calls. It depends on how much money they have on the game. It's just. <laughs> oh, God. Um, you know, that the, the makeup call, that's a that's a common it's a common theme. The the officials, the officials are, are evaluated on every play of every game and, and they're graded. And so if an official misses a call, the last thing they want to do is is make another shaky call to make up for the one that they missed earlier. Now they're going to be downgraded twice. So so there are controls in place. I know that's a common I, I enjoy some of that, you know, the tradition and some of the other things that go into the college game. But, you know, NFL and college, it's pretty close. Do you find the TV thing a lot less stressful because it's somebody else that's dealing with making the mistakes? You know, it's funny. It is less stressful in a way. But if you watch my Twitter feed. What does that do for you when you're sitting there on TV telling everyone your friend was wrong? It's hard. You know, you watch, look, the Saints-Rams game and that play, they, they messed it up. You know, they should have made that call. But when you start thinking about the people involved and, and the, the, the human beings that are involved in missing that call and what is going to happen in their lives, that they're going to get you know, focused every play. And so maybe there's a, maybe there's a lapse in, in focus. Um, they, from their perspective, from their angle, they thought the contact occurred right with the ball arriving. We obviously were able to see you know, based on the replay angles that that wasn't the case. So I think it was just a combination of it happens quickly on the field. From their angle, they thought that it all happened at the same time, the ball, the contact, and uh, and potentially, you know, just a lapse in focus. But, you know, it can happen, but you don't see misses like that very often. This is a question that goes back to last year, but the kickoff return formation changes and, and how they impact things. I think it's going to be interesting because everybody's kind of had a year under their belt now to see how they attack that this year. Yeah, so, you know, that that rule was made permanent. I think the league was very happy with the results. The kickoff was a play that um, from a from a head injury perspective, the rate the rate of injury was higher on the kick return. And and so the league was concerned about that and they looked at ways and did a good job of getting special teams coaches together to talk about different different ways to to attack this problem. And, uh, and you saw a, a reduction in head injuries, 35% less concussions on the kick, kickoff this year compared to last year. So the initial, the initial returns were good. I think we're going to see you know, another year, and hopefully those, those injury numbers stay where they are or, or even decrease. But uh, you know, that, was a, that was an example of the NFL being proactive, trying to impact 
you know, create a, a safer play. And, and I think that's what we saw. What is a lobster block? Yeah, the lobster block. That's a um, that's a term that's become popular. I don't know if that's the correct term um, because I, I you know I haven't talked to a lot of coaches that that use that term. But offensive holding will be a point of emphasis, and I think what they're talking about with the lobster block is when is when an offensive lineman reaches over the shoulder and basically engulfs that defensive player. So over the shoulder, kind of like a an over the shoulder bear hug. And, uh, and just wraps that defensive player up. And I think what you're going to see this year is that that block, once that grab occurs, even if it's on the back side of the, you know, the run could be to the left, and on the right side of the line you see that block, that's going to get called where in the past, because it wasn't at the point of attack, they didn't call that. So I think we're going to see, at least initially, an uptick in holding calls. But then, but then I think it will regulate as the players and coaches get get you know used to where the standard is you, you've been such a good sport are you hopeful that this video will bring about a detente with detroit and do you feel like the relationship has improved over the years i feel like i'm on the cusp i'm really just <laughs> i so feel you, like after you this didn't video worry when you ate your food tonight you're good no no nobody put anything in my drink no one put anything and i had enough of them where you could have put something in but uh i feel like i'm i'm right on the cusp of actually making some headway and we'll see we'll see yeah. it's up to, it's up to these guys out here. It's it's quite a dichotomy. <laughs> I've got a couple too there, Dean. It's quite the dichotomy here. We have what is the evil supervillain, or has been for a long time, Dean Blandino, who's been such a great sport. He's all right. Sport. Give him a round of applause. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's it's so cool that he's sitting here. I, I got. I, I'll tell you a story. So, the Seattle game happens. Okay, the batting out of the end zone and stuff like that. So we're on a we're on the bus going to the plane, and I get a call from like NFL Network or somebody who's saying, "Can you come on the radio show?" And I'm like, "I really can't. I'm going to be on the bus with players and stuff like that. Probably wouldn't be a good idea. But if you fire fucking Dean Blandino, I'll come on the sh- I'll come on the show with you." And then I said, "I'll talk to you later." But you know what? I, I really appreciate him, and and like I said, I know a lot of people hold him in very very high regard. And it's not an easy job. And he's the one answering for other people making mistakes. And their mistakes are even difficult because their jobs are really hard. So I think it's great that he's here. And I think he's a great guy. And I appreciate all he's doing. Yep. Thank you very much, Dan. Also for joining us. Kind of the hero of Detroit. But he was also the number one retweeter of the hashtag Fireblandino, just so you know. <laughs> all right. Big round of applause for both Dean Blandino and Dan Miller. Thank you guys both.